The Civil Engineering Podcast is published by the Engineering Management Institute and is part of EMI's Civil Engineering Media and Entertainment Network, which can be found at cement.media. That's cement, C-E-M-E-N-T dot media. Welcome to episode number 192 of the Civil Engineering Podcast, the first podcast dedicated to helping civil engineering professionals succeed in work and life. Why is diversity, equity, and inclusion really important, and how can you impact it? I'm your host, Anthony Fasano, and in this episode of the Civil Engineering Podcast, I will be talking with Kevin Brown Jr., PE, a construction manager at Urban Engineers, about how outreach and mentorship can lead to a more diverse industry. And he really makes some great points on why diversity, equity, and inclusion is important in civil engineering, especially around how we're such a community-focused industry, which is really interesting philosophy, and I enjoyed the conversation with Kevin. Before we jump into that conversation, I would like to recognize our sponsor for this episode, PPI, a leader in engineering exam prep for the FE and PE exams. PPI's reputation and history sets them apart. PPI has helped engineers achieve their licensing goals since 1975, including myself, Their courses and review materials are based on decades of experience. They schedule their courses over two to three months to ensure you can properly retain information and allow enough time for homework. They ensure students don't have to cram for their exam. Their courses come with everything you need. They offer robust programs with access to lectures, forums, learning hub, books, slides, etc. Their programs place a big emphasis on homework. They believe that practicing as much as possible is crucial to exam success. PPI's instructors are very highly rated on student surveys. They are extremely attentive and knowledgeable. Check out PPI today at ppi2pass.com to see all the options available for FE and PE exam prep. Again, that's ppi2pass.com. I also want to mention that we are starting our project management training sessions for 2022 in January, February, and March. We'll have sessions. We've got a lot of sessions coming up in the new year because PM training is of interest to a lot of civil engineering companies. So if you're interested in checking out our general PM training programs or you'd like us to take our curriculum and customize it for you, we'll go through some of your verbiage, your templates, your concepts, and we'll put them into our program and give it to your company only. Check us out at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. Click on Upcoming Training, and you'll find our Project Management Accelerator curriculum. You could also give us a call at 800-920-4007. That's 800-920-4007. All right, let's dive into our Civil Engineering Conversation of the Week with Kevin Brown. Civil Engineering Podcast. Civil Engineering Podcast. All right, now I'm excited to welcome our guest onto the podcast for today. Kevin Brown is a construction manager at Urban Engineers. Kevin, welcome to the Civil Engineering Podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. Honored to be here. Let's get started here by just maybe letting our audience know a little bit more about yourself and what it is you do on a daily basis at Urban, Kevin. Born and raised in West Philadelphia, um, product of the Philadelphia Public School. Went to college at Widen University and Received a bachelor's degree in civil engineering and master's in civil engineering as well from Widener. And from there, I went on to Urban Engineers to start my career in construction inspection and uh, move my way up to construction management. And so right now in that role, I um, represent our client on construction projects here in the area. Pretty much, I uh, 
play the middle person between the client, the contractor, and pretty much solve problems on site. While I'm doing that, I'm also managing a team of inspectors now who are inspecting the operations that you know are taking part on that project. So kind of oversee staff and also help mitigate some of the, the challenges that arise during construction. When you think construction, I think always a question comes up. If you go to school for civil engineering and then you go out and get like into the field, there's certainly some things you need to learn. We don't necessarily get a lot of construction kind of knowledge in school, especially at the undergraduate level. How did you become interested in the construction side of engineering? It's funny, and I feel like most people, and you're in school, you're studying civil engineering, you're like, hey, I want to go and become a structural engineer. And, and, and that was me. I wanted to be a structural engineer. But when I graduated, it was a little bit of a recession, probably wasn't the top of the class. So, you know, a lot of those design jobs were, weren't coming to me, but I did through connections, was able to get in at Urban Engineers as a construction inspector. While it wasn't my first choice, it was a job and it was an opportunity. And once I began doing it, I actually realized that construction was something that I am interested in. So it was like, hey, I, I became interested just from doing it. And then, you know, over the years and seeing a different projects and kind of coming out of my comfort zone, dealing with these challenges that you start the day and you don't even expect them. And then being able to collaborate with, you know, the contractor and, and with the designer on these issues it was actually fulfilling for me. And so that's when I realized that construction was something that I liked. There was a point where I was like, hey, you know, I never got a chance to taste this the structural engineering side of things. So Urban was able to allow me to, to work in our bridge group for a little bit. That confirmed that construction was, uh, was definitely for me. I had the same path and approach as you. As an undergraduate, I wanted to be a structural engineer you know, I didn't really know much about land development work or site planning work. We didn't do a ton of it in school. And then when I got out into the company, I was able to try structural first, wasn't crazy about it, and then tried the site development, land development. I really liked it and ended up going in that direction. And I think because, you know, I think structural is just something that you're kind of aware of. And maybe as a kid, you know, bridges, everyone likes to see them. But if someone goes to school for civil engineering, which I'm sure a lot of our listeners have, and maybe they're out there and they're working in transportation or geotech or even structural, to get into construction, what did you need to do? I know you have some certifications. Did you have to take some training? I mean, obviously, I'm sure it's something where you learn a lot of it just being on a site. What can one do as a civil engineer to help you know prepare them for work in the field on construction sites? For me, I know the certifications was huge. So there's the NYSET certification. And then there's, you know, your ACI for testing concrete, and then there's certifications for blacktop testing. And I think those just tie together some of the things that we see in, in design versus what's going on in construction and, and the, the why and the how. When you get your certification for testing concrete, I mean, you learn in school about concrete mix designs and things like that, but understanding like, hey, you're now on site and, and you're seeing this material being used, it's going to be used by the public in the future. What do I need to know to make sure this is being done properly? And, and how do I convey that to the contractor saying, hey, you know, we have to make sure that this air is, you know, within this range. That is important. Those certifications that help tie things together between what you learn in school, maybe some of the things you may have done in, in design versus the contractor actually doing that work on site. 
I think actually that's something that's really nice about civil engineering is that as a civil engineer, you do have the opportunity to get involved in different disciplines under the civil engineering umbrella. You may need to take some training and learn some things, but you do have a lot of opportunities out there. And I think that that's what's one of the great things about this profession. Kevin, let's talk a little bit about underrepresented communities. I know diversity, equity, and inclusion is a big topic today, and it is an important topic. And I know that you're passionate about it and you're passionate about engaging these communities. In your opinion, why is it important for engineering professionals to kind of reach out to these underrepresented communities? I think it's very important because especially now, companies are trying to find ways to diversify the workforce. And it seems like our companies are in an industry that isn't really that diverse. How do we fix that? And I think by starting to reach out to these underrepresented groups that have that untapped talent, that's how we, in the future, create a diverse pool of talent that we can actually hire and be part of the decision-making when it comes to the design and implementation of our infrastructure projects. A lot of times we kind of focus on like, how do we get this diversity to happen now? But the idea, at least in my opinion, is, you know, we focus on these groups, go into the underrepresented communities, the schools, talk to the, the counselors, the teachers, the parents, let them know about the, the opportunities. You know, it might not be something, you know, our industry might not be for them, but letting them know that there are options out there. And there's untapped talent that resides in these communities that I think is important for us as engineering professionals or just professionals in general to reach out to. And you make a great point in that everybody's calling for more diversity, equity, and inclusion in the world of engineering. And I think it's a good thing. And I think companies should be more diversified. But to your point, we can't ask companies to become more diverse. And then there's no diversity in the actual workforce that's out there that they're going out there and hiring from. So if we all want our profession to become more diverse, we need to connect with the youth and make sure that we're building kind of a future of diverse engineers. And that's something that every civil engineering professional is in some way responsible for. And I hope that they will get out there. And I'm just curious for you, what was it that kind of inspired you to get involved with this? Is it just your own passion? or I wasn't always interested in engineering. So I went to the high school of engineering and science here in Philadelphia. And, and most people believe that I went to that school because I had some dream to become an engineer. And honestly, I went because my cousin was there and I wanted to hang out with my cousin. But there was this program that was introduced to us in our junior year of high school. It was called the ACE Mentor Program, which is a national organization that mentors high school students in architecture, construction, and engineering. A bunch of my friends signed up. And again, me being the follower I was at that point. I joined because my friends were going, they were giving out free pizza. And so what we were able to do was we would leave school after school and we would go into an architectural firm or construction management firm or engineering firm. And we would work on a project. We would work with professionals and we would learn about this industry that even after going to this high school of engineering science at the time, I still wasn't really sure what engineers did. This program, these professionals that kind of like volunteered their time to show us this, it sparked the interest that I didn't even know I had. And so thinking about what it did for me, I can actually, you know, take this story. I can take the knowledge that I have now and kind of share that with the youth in, in hopes that someone like me can benefit from it. And so now for the past, you know, 11, 12 years, I've been mentoring for the ACE Mentor Program. And it's cool stories that one of the students that I mentored in the program was at the same high school, went to the same college, got a degree in civil engineering, is now working at Urban. 
And so I think that to me shows that this works. Like that's what we're looking for. That's why I'm so passionate about it. And I think it doesn't matter what you look like in our industry. I think we all can go out and help share these opportunities with the youth. The ACE mentoring program is a great program. Actually, it's something that I'm looking to get involved with here in New Jersey and and volunteer possibly for the New Jersey section of ACE because I think I'm passionate about obviously helping engineers grow their careers, but we can't do that without engineers and we need to get to the youth and inspire them. And just to give ACE a quick plug here, you could check out the ACE program at acementor.org because they're always looking for more mentors in their program. And we need more mentors to be able to reach more students, more kids and teach them about engineering. So that's a great story. So Kevin, in your efforts to kind of get out there and connect with some of these communities, what are some of the challenges that you faced when you try to connect with youth in these communities? Challenges, and I think we all have this one, is is the time. And I always say that if we all dedicate it one hour a year, we can make a huge difference. But then you get past that, I think being able to connect. We're out of school for 10, 20 years, and we're going back and we are trying to connect with students and you know how do we do that and i think that's the challenge sometimes you're talking to students who may have a different upbringing than you so how do you connect and i think that's the biggest challenge and so what i've found for me to try to overcome that is i'm in construction so this is not usually a, a big deal but you know try to come in with like jeans or whatever something where they feel comfortable and not intimidated kind of like soften the approach that is one of the big things and then two just also trying to remember like how you felt back then. It might be tough, but just going back to how you felt when you know you saw a, a professional or some of the things you were going through in your life and then try to connect the story that you may have with, with the youth. Be a little bit more vulnerable. Sometimes you, you tell a story of maybe a mistake you made or whatever, and that way they kind of see you as just like a, a human and then you can connect. I think the last thing is if you feel like you just can't connect with a certain group, then maybe there's someone in your network that you can connect with that group. You never just kind of say, hey, I can't do this. You know, maybe it isn't for you, but if you can connect them with someone else who may be able to help that student or that group or that class, that's how you overcome that challenge. That's great. And I will just say from my own experience, I have done some work in going into classrooms with students and trying to teach them about civil engineering. And I've had some success by trying to make it as fun as possible. Maybe sometimes I would bring a piece of paper and bring some cutouts of buildings and trees and parking lots and have them kind of like design a site. I mean, they were young kids, but they seemed to all get into it. And you have to do something creative, I think, to engage them and teach them about engineering. Because I mean, civil engineering is a really interesting profession. It's just being able to explain it to those that don't know that much about it in a way that is kind of fun for them. So it's definitely something that we are capable of. We just have to kind of get creative with it. Why is this representation of diverse groups important, in your opinion, from an overarching standpoint? I think I have two outlooks on I think one is once our industry becomes more diverse, I think more students, more of our youth will look at this as a a possibility for them in the future. It's like, hey, these people look like me. I can do that too. When you look at the projects that we work on and the communities that we work in, to have representation from those communities like at the table, making decisions, being able to maybe share how this infrastructure is being used in these communities, it can probably help us design more efficiently and work more together with these communities by having a more diverse group to represent them. This becomes a situation where now we have this diverse group, it looks more attracted to a diverse youth group. And now we'll be able to serve the communities better. 
we start to build a more collaborative society that way. As civil engineers, we're constantly connecting with our communities that we work in. We're out there, we're in front of people, we're doing presentations to boards, to citizens. Communities are diverse. So if we want to engage with these communities and help to build the best possible, useful, practical projects, we need to be diverse as well. So we can, as you said, kind of make those connections and kind of represent the public in the best way we can. So I think that's really great. So assuming that we've kind of sold a couple of our listeners here and they're interested in maybe getting involved, maybe mentoring, maybe through ACE, maybe through their own organizations or at some local schools, what advice could you give them as a mentor? Like if they want to be a good mentor, what could you provide them with in terms of advice? The one major thing I would say for being a mentor is you're excited about helping someone out and you you have a lot of advice, but take a second to just listen. A lot of times, you know, and I mentioned this earlier, you might not have had the same upbringing. So like, for instance, someone might say, Kev, you got to save money for college. And I might be in a situation where I am the person who is providing for my family. And so saving money may not be an option for me at the time. And so then I start to think that, oh, if I can't save money, then I can't go to college and I can't do these things. So take a, a moment to listen to the person you're mentoring and then make sure you apply that advice in a way that works and they have the best chance of being successful with it and not necessarily just giving them advice based off of what your own experiences were or what they are. And I think that will help because sometimes you can go into this with best intentions, but may end up doing a little bit more harm because that person thinks that I can't do what the person that I'm looking up to is telling me I should be able to do. So just listen and be able to maybe tweak your advice based on that individual. That's something that you can apply in your own career in terms of becoming an effective manager as well. I mean, we do a lot of work in training managers in the world of civil engineering and helping them become better managers. And we often survey civil engineers and ask them what makes their managers really great. And what we found is that listening is usually one of the top qualities that people reference for great managers or their favorite managers. And that speaks to Kevin's point in that anytime you want to make a connection with someone, you want to help someone, hearing what the needs are is the most important thing. And then you can try to hopefully address those needs and help them with those needs. And I think that that's really sound advice for any mentoring or coaching that you're doing or managing for that matter. Kind of last point on this, can you talk to us a little bit about corporate diversity, equity, and inclusion plans and how engineers might be able to incorporate some of these plans into the workplace to make it a little bit more official than just kind of talking about it? A lot of companies are starting to implement some of these plans or at least reviving plans they may have already had. It's fairly simple. I think there are a couple of points you want to, to hit when you're trying to be implement like a successful DEI plan. And one is just educating on why it's important. Just overall explaining to company like why this is important for the community, why it's important for our industry, just putting that out there. And then being able to support the employees, anyone who has interest in going out in the community and reaching a diverse group of youth to better diversify our industry. So I think more of the focus shouldn't be on just trying to hire and, and make the optics look good. I think that focus should be more on how are we diversifying the industry. The next thing, I think this is the most important thing is it should be voluntary. I mean, it shouldn't be any force to make someone to do this. It should be something where after hearing the reasons why, understanding how it can help the industry. And if you feel inclined to be a part of this, I think it should be voluntary. And I think that's where you get the best result. 
and then being able to support those efforts as a company can support an individual's efforts to want to go out in the community and do this work. I think that's the type of plan you should have in place. You can have a committee. If the committee ends up being a very diverse committee, that's great. But I think if the actual goals of that committee lends to creating diversity overall, I think that's the important piece. And for any of you out there that are interested in diversity, equity, and inclusion, and I hope everyone is to some degree, you should try to get involved in your company. I know getting involved in initiatives like these can give you a great opportunity to get to know other people in your company, to get to work on something important, drive change within your organization. I think that that's always something that's enjoyable for people to do. So with that, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back. We're going to put Kevin on the civil engineering hot seat, ask him a couple of last career questions. So stick around. We'll be back in just a minute. Civil Engineering Podcast. Civil Engineering Podcast. We're back with Kevin Brown, construction manager at Urban Engineers in Philadelphia. We talked to Kevin a lot about diversity, equity, and inclusion, but now we're going to kind of turn the table a little bit and talk about his kind of career progression here. We're going to put Kevin on the civil engineering hot seat. Kevin, you ready to go? Yes, I am. So Kevin, first question, do you have any specific rituals that you practice every day? For example, do you have a specific morning routine or a lunchtime routine or just something that you do consistently on a daily basis that has contributed to your success? One thing I do is uh, there's always this moment of me sitting just quietly thinking about my day and kind of looking at the logistics of everything um, in my head, kind of not even looking at a calendar, just planning things out. Maybe I can switch some things to, you know, around to be a little bit more efficient. It's usually like a, a minute of just sitting either on the edge of the bed, in the shower or something like that. So that's one. And then the other thing is uh, on my commute to work. It gets me fired up for work is, is listening to some hip hop music. So those are the two things that I do on a daily basis. Kevin, what's one book that you might recommend to engineers or just a book that you found to be helpful for you in your personal or professional development if you have one? So there's one book. It's called Makes Me Want to Holler. It's by uh, Nathan McCall. It's uh, a book that I read with a few of uh, my friends who happen to be civil engineers. And it's like a glimpse into Nathan McCall's life as a, as a young Black man growing up in America. And I think it helped me and it'll help others understand like some of the struggles and some of the reasons why being able to mentor and help a group of, of people who just from history have just been set behind. And I think this just shows like how someone who had both parents and their parents worked hard, but still just being in a community that was separated from others, led them down a path that we ended up in, in prison. So I think it's a, a really good book. It helped be able to bring together some of my closest friends. And I think it, it really helps understand what some people are going through, what they've been through. And I think it, it'll make an impact when you uh, start to reach out to these other groups. So thinking back on your managers of the past, right? Maybe you think of your favorite manager or some of your favorite managers, and you don't need to name names, but what was it that made them your favorite? We're trying to understand here at EMI what some of the best managers do in the world of engineering. I've been the, the no-nonsense kind of managers where they tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. They let you know when you're doing good, but they aren't afraid to let you know when you need to improve on certain areas. And so I think for me, that's the kind of leadership that I look for. And that's the kind of leadership that I kind of provide for anyone that I work with. That's huge. Just someone that's going to tell me how it is. And that's the managers that I've appreciated the most. 
All right. So I've got one final question for you, Kevin, which we call the civil engineering career elevator advice question. So if you got into an elevator with a civil engineer and you had about 30 to 40 seconds with them and you could give them some career advice in that short period of time, based on your career to date, what would you tell them? Be adaptable. We talk about the evolution of technology and you know being able to use new technology to work more effectively in our careers, but also realize that we as humans, we're evolving and we're using the infrastructure that we put out differently and we will in the future. And so just be able to adapt. Don't be afraid to change your normal way of thinking to be able to provide a better product for the end user, which are the people in the community. Well, Kevin, I want to thank you so much for taking some time to join us here on the Civil Engineering Podcast. We appreciate all of your time today. Thank you. Well, I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Kevin Brown. I really did like his philosophy on diversity, equity, and inclusion, not just the fact of just saying it's important. I mean, everybody can say it's important and everybody can tell engineering companies they need to become more diverse. But the question is, how do we do it, right? And if we're not out there inspiring children in underrepresented communities, then they're not going to learn about civil engineering or engineering in general, and they're not going to become engineering professionals, right? And it's going to be harder for our industry to become diverse. Kevin's point about how we're so involved in the community as civil engineers, because that's who our, our projects impact. The community is diverse. We need to be diverse so that we can really connect with the community and build great projects. So I really appreciated that conversation. Please remember you can find the show notes for this episode at civilengineeringpodcast.com and look for episode number 192. There you'll find a summary of the key points discussed in today's episode, as well as links to any of the resources, websites, or books mentioned during this episode. A lot of our listeners have contacted us. They're interested in people leadership, project management, and seller-doer business development training for themselves or for their companies. You can find out all the information about our training programs, which also come with PDHs at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. Just click on the upcoming training button, or you can give us a call, 800-920-4007. Again, that's 800-920-4007. Until next time, I wish you the best in all of your civil engineering career endeavors. The Civil Engineering Podcast is published by the Engineering Management Institute and is part of EMI's Civil Engineering Media and Entertainment Network. The opinions on the show are those of the hosts and guests, not their employers. For information on EMI's people and project management skills training programs for civil engineering professionals, visit engineeringmanagementinstitute.org.